that. Like if you're yeah. running your entire blog off of chat GPT, <laughs> it's not going to resonate. There's a lot of issues that you're going to run <laughs> yeah. into. It's not resonating. And so you really want to create content that matters. And yeah. in order to create content that matters, you have to understand what the problems are you're solving. It has to start with the customer. And that's yeah. something that those models are not there yet. You're listening to the Remarka Brand Podcast, where authentic brands win. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Remarka Brand Podcast. This is your co-host, Mike Jones, with... Sam Pagel. And our guest today... Anatai Zubiak. Yeah, Anatai's on. This is so fun. We've worked together on a number of different projects over the years with Anatai for different companies that she's been a marketer for. And we just keep having these amazing conversations about stuff. And so I'm really excited to have her on today. We're going to get into a topic with her in a little bit, all about AI. So to get us warmed up for that conversation, let's do a little name 10 things. Are we ready? Yeah. All right. So we're going to name 10 questions that you should never ask ChatGPT. And for those that don't know what ChatGPT is, which how do you not know at this point? But there's probably somebody. Uh, ChatGPT is an AI assistant who essentially you can ask questions or talk with to get more information. I'm going to put it at that. I don't know if there's a better technical definition, but we'll talk about that maybe later. All right. So 10 questions you yeah. should never ask ChatGPT. All right. Who's, who's right? Uh, Sam? I, I got one. Yeah. Uh, what model Terminator are you working on next? <laughs> Pretty standard. Um. Should I marry her? Mm. How to write a ransom note. <laughs> <laughs> we know, because we've already talked about this. Mm -hmm. Someone you know has already asked that. Yep. Yep. It, as a joke. As a joke. Mm. Um, uh, give me the top five places to bury a body. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? Yeah, you're going to get the same response as anyone else you ask. <laughs> the winning lottery numbers. Ooh. Oh, yeah, okay. Ooh. It literally won't tell you I tried. Oh, <laughs> come on, ChatGPT. I feel like there's more and more of those where I'm like, it's, it's, it's just not as helpful as I want it to be. Yeah. I want to hang out later. <laughs> What's your sign? What's your sign? <laughs> What's your favorite color? Hmm. You really don't want to go there with it. No. That's a whole conversation you it's don't want to have. It's a can of worms you don't want to get into. All right, last one, Anatai. Bring it home. How should I vote? Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's a serious one. Uh, yeah. That just reminds me of, uh, I, I'm such a nerd. So I've read a bunch of Isaac Asimov books, and one of his books is a bunch of short stories about robots called iRobot. And one of those stories is about an artificial intelligence computer that determines which person will be the determining vote for the president of the entire world. It's in the future. It's one government. And they narrow, it, it like narrows down to one person as like, this is the person whose vote is going to clinch this one way or the other. <laughs> and then they like have this whole big ceremony thing. And there's all this like kind of undercurrent in that story about how should should AI be determining such monumental decisions? And how does it even know? And the pressure that's on that person that becomes of that. Yeah. It's just insane. So 
that's that's where I'm like, hmm, I feel like maybe we're not that far away. <laughs> Find your frequency. So anyway, we're going to talk about AI today. I'm really excited about this because I feel like everyone's talking about AI. And in particular, we're going to be honing in on marketers and maybe how they can be thinking about uh, AI in their jobs, maybe be thinking about how to use AI in their marketing, should they? Maybe what things they should be trying or doing or paying attention to. I know, Anatai, you've been doing a lot of playing around with it. Some of that actually comes out of your background. So you've been head of marketing of Quora. Um, recently, you're, you're making a transition and you've done a lot of other stuff, especially in the technology spaces. Mm -hmm. But tell us a little bit about your background before we get into AI. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll start at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm a lifelong marketer. So mm -hmm. my dad was a small business owner. And when I was in middle school, if I didn't have homework after school, I was doing home seekers <laughs> ads. So uh, that's how early what it started. What a way started. to learn how to market. <laughs> yeah, thanks, dad. Um, <laughs> that, that's how early it started for me. But uh, no, I've been, uh, I, I knew that that's, um, other than being the first lady of the United States, which is what I wanted to be originally. And then I found out I'd actually have to be married to the president. Um, I knew that I wanted to do Who marketing. Wants that? Exactly, right? Like, I was like, that. that's just too much. It's out yeah. of the job description, so. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I have wanted to do marketing my entire life and I've run the gambit. So I uh, was in resorts and entertainment and uh, also did PR for the Oregon State Legislature and uh, had a, you know, just a, a run of, of different things that I've done. But it was about 12 years ago when I moved to Phoenix that I got into tech marketing mm -hmm. and that was like the last bite, like exactly what I needed. <laughs> and, and I, I fell in love with it. Like I've always loved tech. I, um, I'm an extennial. So I like grew up around, I'm like the Oregon trail generation, grew up around tech my whole life. And, uh, I've always been that kid that like wanted to try everything. I mean, I would break our home computer and then have to fix it myself <laughs> because no one else knew how to, but that was, that was what I was doing. I was always messing around with things and it just came very natural. And, I got early on into automation and how to make that perform in a marketing uh, scale and how to build scalable models, how to um, automate your entire customer journey and really take it from there. And so I've done a lot of uh, work with high growth startups uh, here in the Valley and in uh, Silicon Valley as well. And that led me down this path of uh, really, you know, my my passion. I always say, like, my, I love marketing, but like revenue operations is my superpower. And mm. it's really because that technology is there powering everything that you can do and enhancing the way that I can build relationships with customers through, you know, a great brand experience. Mm. Yeah, I think you're one of those marketers. I feel like you're constantly playing with new stuff. Yeah. And you have <laughs> no problem just trying stuff and just messing around with it, see what happens. And I think some marketers maybe get maybe a little bit in their heads and uh, don't want to break anything. And uh, Anatai, you, you love to break things <laughs> I do. For, the, for the betterment of, <laughs> of, you know, the organization that you're supporting. Exactly. So, exactly. Cool. I mean, I, I, at one point I, I started a, a blog on my own. I love to travel. And so I, I created kind of a, a travel blog for myself 
so that I could break things in a WordPress instance because mm. I wanted to try things like when chatbots were coming out, that was something I wanted to do, but I didn't want to experiment with the company I was working on. I'm like, I need a safe space where <laughs> I can make my own mistakes and, and learn from it. And I think that's the best thing a marketer can do is, you know, don't be afraid of the tools on the shelf. Mm. If there's a new app out there, pick it up and use it. And I think back very early in my career, um, I had a, a leader and this is, this is back in the days of like MySpace, <laughs> which I hear is making a comeback potentially really? so wow. um, bringing it back again that's, that's I feel like where, this is the second resurrection that's where they're all threatening to go if tiktok's gone is, <laughs> is over to myspace so uh, i guess i'm gonna have to fire that up but no i it's like back in the days of like myspace very early facebook uh-huh. and dating myself here but i i went to my i was a you know young marketer and i went to my leader at the time and i i told her i'm like hey you know this we should really be paying attention to the social media thing like this. You know, we should have a, a company profile on here and mm. be sharing things. And I'll never forget the look on her face when she just looked up at me and, and said, that's a college kid trend. Like it'll be gone <laughs> in a few years. And I think back at that now and I prom- one, I promised myself I'd never be that person. Mm-hmm. And two, I, that pops in my head every single time I see something that I think is, you know, mildly crazy. I'm like, you know what? I, I'm not going to be that person. Let's let's try it out. Let's see what potential it has and toy around with it. And I'm glad that I've done that because there's been a lot of learning opportunities presented to me there. Sometimes they work out. Sometimes yeah. they don't. Yep. But you learn what works. And yep. I think that's the most important thing is like these technologies it's like the way I phrase it right now. I'm like, you learn to wield it. Mm. It's part of your toolkit. Um, and it, these things are coming. Like AI, especially, it's a train. Yeah. And you're either on it or you're getting run over by it, like mm. bluntly. So uh, don't be afraid of the new technologies. But that's all something I've always done is just pick it up and try it. Don't be afraid of it. And uh, you'll learn a lot, especially once you start talking to other people about it. Yeah. Then you really start to learn because everybody has a different perspective on how they're utilizing it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, with newer technologies, stuff that hasn't really been almost institutionalized, right? People mm-hmm. are still developing the technology itself, but even developing, like, what are best practices around how to use it? Yep. You know, it's like I'm seeing right now, it's a lot of the AI tools being developed for marketers are really just about content generation. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting that that's where it's gravitated. And I, I'm sure some of that is just the nature of the way the technology has been rolled out right now with, like, chat gpt and the way that open ai has said hey this is the way we're going to introduce it to the world there's so much more it can do or could do down the road but yeah it's kind of focused on content right now i think that's one of the areas the reason it's picking up there is because that's been the one that's been the hardest to automate mm-hmm. <laughs> quite frankly i mean how do you replicate create somebody who's creative and i would still argue to say you don't yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know it's a I, I think that it and and there's like a fine line for you know when you get into ai and content marketing for me where i and, and i'll say this first i'm not against utilizing it for content i think mm-hmm. it's an incredible tool to have in any content marketers kit and i'm i always tell everyone like use it wield it learn how to use, how to apply it but i think there's a a guideline there where we're not in the era of AI yet. It's still in its infancy phases. Like it doesn't understand your customer. It doesn't have a relationship with your customer. It doesn't understand your brand voice or the type of experience you're trying to create. And so if you're looking at utilizing it as a content marketer, I think the ground rules there are use it as a, a slingshot kind of a tool. Mm-hmm. Like 
outlines or rewrites or give me 10 subject lines or those types of things. I mean, I have a whole list I can give you ideas yeah. on. Uh, but you really have to go back and tailor that experience. You can't use it for creating content for the sake of creating content. Like if you're yeah. running your entire blog off of chat GPT, <laughs> it's not going to resonate. There's a lot of issues that you're going to run <laughs> yeah. into. It's not resonating. And so you really want to create content that matters. And yeah. in order to create content that matters, you have to understand what the problems are you're solving. It has to start with the customer. And that's yeah. something that those models are not there yet for machine learning to really understand those problems and yeah. quite frankly they change so much I yeah mean, i think it's important too to like realize at least at this stage chat gpt or any of these other content generation tools are pulling from data they're pulling from information that already exists mm -hmm. right and so any answer you're getting back is not original it, like it might use original language it might use a different order of words but it only can source from what already exists it cannot generate anything on its own. And as of yet, and we can get into this as we've kind of played with it, I haven't seen it link ideas in a way that a human brain can, right? I think that's one of the things that the human brain is so uniquely like, able to do is take disparate ideas that don't seem to have any relationship and find a way to relate them. And I think when we talk about marketing, that is so much of what makes for really powerful content is taking two ideas that don't seemingly go together and say, put them together and have it be in a way that people are like, wow, I never even thought about that. Yes, you're still communicating something very clear. You're still communicating the facts of what you do and who you serve and you know, how your product or service works. Um, but it's doing it in a way that is like, oh, I never would have thought of putting it in that kind of context. You think of like great ads from years, you know, over the last like 60, 70 years. The ones that really stand out are ones that have basic concepts from the brand meeting basic concepts that people care about, right, that are related to the product, but putting it and framing it in a context where you go, huh, mm -hmm. I would never have thought about it in that context or in that with that language or with that metaphor in mind. And I do think that that's where there's still... There's still opportunity for human beings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's like, even then, like I saw somebody um, recently on Twitter, uh, um, and I'm going to forget exactly who it was. I think it was Tom Morton. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he was, had been playing with ChatGPT. And what he found was really helpful was like, if you want to get a sense of where everyone else is at with their language and what they're doing, then the content you're going to get back from some tool like ChatGPT is a great way to like figure that out. Absolutely. It won't tell you anything unique. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to give you very like standardized status quo. I, I love it for FAQs. Yeah. FAQs are great uh, and in learning, you know, what are, like if you're a CRM, right? Mm -hmm. I'll just pick an example. If you're a CRM platform, Asking ChatGPT what are common issues people have, you know, that aren't using aren't using a CRM or are outgrowing their current CRM or have with their current CRM, and that's those are real issues out there that you're hearing from customer voices without going out and conducting a customer study. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to dig into that. Like it's almost a third layer to your data structure. Like your internal data tells you one thing, 
your customer survey data is telling you another now chat GPT is telling you what you're not seeing that's yep. in other spaces. And so it's opening up a blind spot for you there. Hmm. And I, I think that's a great way to do it. I love reverse engineering some of that too, because I mean, I, I, maybe this is just, just me, but like, I always think I'm like, you can always do better than your competition. If you stay mm -hmm. true to who your customer is mm -hmm. and you know, your brand, well, it's going to tell you things that your, your competitors are putting out there yeah. in general. And now you look at it and you say, how can I 10 X this yeah. or, pl or plus this is what yeah. I usually like to say, how do I plus that? And, uh, and so that's a great way to kind of like set a base there. It's also fun too. I think there's some areas of content that think about like the whole scheme of things right like mm -hmm. writing a very long content piece writing a blog like there's some there's like tears to this that i always look at it where i'm like content should it should either make you feel something it should make you learn something or it should make you take action and yeah. hopefully you know one of those three categories along the buyer's journey is happening and i think the challenge for chat gpt is you can't really tell it to understand that yeah. kind of story building uh, you know, the, and like it, we're on a podcast now, but I think of like the best podcasts that I ever listened to. A lot of those have like these ebbs and flows in them mm -hmm. where like, you know, it's, it's our story. There's the main character and they've got all this stuff going on. And then there's this deep chasm that they fall into and they have to climb out of it. And they've gone through these struggles and you're just you're on their side. You want them to win. You love to hate the villain. Like it's creating this feeling out of you. And I think about that art of storytelling and I'm like. Their AI tools will never replace the hmm. human mind and, and our, our way of creating these things and putting that together. But what they can do is create great spurs off of something like that. And so a good example that I use is like, OK, create your great piece of content. Now use ChatGPT to spur off satellites. Hmm. And maybe it writes emails for you. Maybe it's giving you... 10 social media posts that you can use to promote this content. It's giving you, you know, all this different, it's giving you your meta. Like yeah. it's, it's giving you those items that you need that are tedious. Yeah. Right. Like that is hard and you're still going to have to go back and edit. So, yep. you know, don't just said forget. <laughs> <laughs> but like, those are great opportunities for you to think a little bit differently and mm. uh, create chains with those. So uh, I, what I like about this type of format versus like, you know, and, and we've all done this, we go in and we Google like, Hey, you know, what are some of the top performing, whatever, how do I write subject lines or how do I do this and that all marketers have done it. We use Google just as much as engineers do. Sorry, mm -hmm. engineers, but we do. Uh, and so now instead of one question, I can say, here's what I need. I can write a great prompt and get a synopsis. And then I could say using this, do this with it and mm -hmm. give me this type of action or this evoke emotion this way or do that. So now you're taking prompts and it's having conversation with a search mm -hmm. versus just your singular search where it's like, stop it. Now you got to filter through all the results on Google to try to find what you want. Yeah. And that's what I like about chat GPT is I can use it to refine. And I especially love it. I've been a remote employee for a very long time. And what I find myself using chat GPT for is I ask it, what is the tone mm. of this that I just wrote? How do I improve the tone? Or how do I make the tone you know, sound this way? Or 
uh, my favorite thing is explain to a five-year-old, <laughs> which is incredible, especially if I'm taking, you know, some super technical, you know, how to, how to explain like, you know, CAC to LTV to an intern, yeah. right? Like it's difficult. And how do I break down that concept? Not that they're five years old, but, no, you know, but put it in language that's that simple, right? Exactly. Like simplify things. Um, or I love like listicles. I use it for mm. listicles a lot where, you know, give me a, give me a top 10 list of these things. Um, and then I refine it and, and it's great because now I have 10 things that I can potentially use for campaigns or for, you know, topics mm. and you can have it. I, I think the other thing that's really interesting with, with chat GPT is you can create some really good templates out mm. of it too. Like you could say, give me a, an ABM campaign template and you can, it'll give you great formats for things. Like I've actually looked at it. I'm like, these are tread and true formats <laughs> that would come out of somebody's playbook. Um, it's not going to give you the creativity though of knowing your customer to no. make that campaign hot, but it can give you some examples of, you know, ask it, say, if you're in the automotive industry or you're marketing automotive leaders, show me ABM campaigns to automotive companies. Hmm. Uh, and it'll give you some of that information, but you still have to use it for inspiration. Like I would never look at it and copy it directly. I feel like it's just too generic for that. If you really want to stand out, you've got to take it to the next level or plus it yeah. as, as I would speak. So, yeah. And I think some of that plusing really has to be your own brand, it right? Does. Like you got to know your own personality. Yeah. Do you mind? I mean, this is a little bit tangential, but like, let's talk a little bit about some of the work you've done to figure out in the organizations you've worked in, helping them really define their personality. What are some of the exercises or tools that organizations can use to, to really do that well? Yeah. So I love the character diamond. Mm -hmm. uh, big fan of that. It's actually something that storytellers or uh, movie writers utilize to create a character. Um, but it's a, a four quadrant system and it's, it's creating, you know, you have your, your North star of what are the things that, that what's the hill I'm, I'm willing to die on. Um, you have the thing that will challenge you against that. Um, but it, it, that whole exercise, and there's a lot of great tools. You could ask GPT yeah, for a, a template on it. Uh, but really that North star, what, what it does for you is it's pulling out personality traits mm -hmm. that are, you know, strengths, weaknesses, things you won't bend on, things you're willing to bend on, or challenges that could potentially come up in a personality. Mm -hmm. And what I like to do with that from there is create these these great statements of don't say this, say this. Mm -hmm. And it gives you some great guidelines on how to use the voice. And through this exercise, what you end up doing is finding a person that that character resonates yep. to and you know sometimes sometimes your brand is a harry potter yeah. sometimes your brand is you know a uh elon musk uh yeah. but, you know it's it just it depends on how those personality traits come out and it's a great exercise and you don't do it alone you don't do it as a marketing team or marketing leader i recommend you know do that with your executive team or if you're not confident in running it like work with a brand agency that's going to come in and really help you craft that because they'll control that environment because yep. you can get off on tangents with it. You can get <laughs> stuck in the, what is this thing that yeah. we're not going to fold on or, and a lot of times too, you find out, especially if you're smaller, that brand, there's a lot of the CEO founder in uh -huh. it. And sometimes that's not what the brand actually yep. is. And so you have to really, you have to have some, some voices in the room that are willing to like, you know, poke the hard questions. Yep. And so I tell everybody go into it open-minded, but yeah, character diamonds are one of my favorite mm. exercises to do that. Uh, and just really dig in and, and play around with like, what is that voice? <laughs> and, yeah. and then when you're sitting down writing for him, like, or her, that, that character that you've created, 
you can actually think it's all, you know, remember those bracelets, like the, what would Jesus do? Bracelets? <laughs> but it really is. It's what would Chuck of, Norris do? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's kind of that, that model though, uh-huh. when you're creating, you're like, well, what would this person say? Or how would they address this situation? And it gives you those guidelines so that, I mean, everybody has their personal voice mm-hmm. and they write to their personal voice. Mine's actually very snarky, yeah. which is completely different than a lot of the brands that I've worked for. So if I wrote something in my voice, it would be completely off brand and uncomfortable for them. Uh, and so that that's always the the key that I, I put in there. And I think that's you know where AI comes in. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you would have to teach yeah. AI, you'd have to have that machine learning pick up on who that person is and study yeah. that person. And even then, that's still a person out there in the universe that you chose. Yeah. Maybe it's a fictional character. Maybe it's a real yep. person. Uh, but they would still have to study them. And that person is likely not knowledgeable about your brand. I mean, yep. what, what does Harry Potter know about software? Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> so, and that's what gives it power, right? You're taking essentially a metaphor. Yeah. You're taking a character that's outside of your domain of expertise and you're applying their voice to yeah. your brand, but your brand is an expert at something that they're not, yes. right? Yes. Um, we do something similar with a lot of our clients. We sometimes it's more of the archetype type tool that we're using. We pick one of the twelve archetypes and line that up with yeah. their personality traits and say, "Hey, this these resonate." So that when you're thinking about writing, when you're thinking about generating content, think about this particular archetype. And we have some keywords for them. We have some like real world examples for them to draw from and be inspired by. Some of our clients are willing to go a little bit more abstract and we'll do a brand metaphor. I remember Mm -hmm. one of my favorites was, uh, (laughs) this is so, (laughs) this is so weird. We're working for an automotive repo company Okay. and they're highly technological. I was shocked in the discovery process with them of like, they use a ton of tech in their, in their in their job um and they automate a lot of things and i mean they're using all sorts of stuff um and so we were like okay as we're building this brand metaphor we want this sense of technology forward thinking always looking for new things that they can apply in the business so we're like oh that kind of feels like star trek right and there's this law and order aspect to what they're doing also right because that's that's the nuts and bolts of repossession is you stopped paying your bills the bank wants their car back, right? Like yep. that's just the nature of the business. And uh, so there's like, okay, so there's technology. Well, there's, I mean, there's, Captain Kirk is not really a law and order guy, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> but what if we have him played by John Wayne? Where it's like, okay, you have a very law and order actor, at least in all of his like characters, most of them are fairly law and order. But we put him into a, a, a context and environment that is highly technological, progressive, forward thinking. And it was like, yeah, let's let's blend those two together. And that was the final metaphor that we ended up with. And we, you know, you have to explain all that. You can't yep, just like yep. put those keywords and say, John Wayne as as captain of the USS Enterprise, you know, like you got to actually you have to create that example. Tell the story. And you have to educate. Like there's yep. a lot of training that goes around that. So for example, Cora's voice was Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Uh, who I, so I love. Awesome. Absolutely perfect. I mean, the, the, should have gotten him the classiest hipster in the room, right? Yeah. Like, uh, but, you know, he's not the first guy you notice, which is absolutely, you know, that yeah. core platform. And what I loved about him in particular, and I actually had my team watch these uh, sessions on Disney Plus, The World According to Jeff Goldblum, where he's <laughs> going around 
and exploring and gathering knowledge and asking questions and learning, which is very much like the Quora platform, mm-hmm. which is sharing and growing the world's knowledge. And I I put them into that and I said, hey, you know, look at how he is presenting this. Like the show's not about him. It's about his curiosity. Yep. And it's about the curiosity of others and the knowledge of others and how excited he gets when they're sharing their stories. And that's exactly what we wanted for the Quora platform is that excitement around learning and knowledge. Mm -hmm. And we wanted it in a way that it wasn't it wasn't the ego driving it. It was a person who was just genuinely excited to learn, which is exactly how he is on that show. It's very warm hearted. I love that. Yeah. I think those are fantastic tools. Just kind of bring it back. Like if you have those tools and that toolbox for your brand personality, then I think AI doesn't become this like temptation Mm -hmm. to just kind of hand over your marketing and your, I mean, essentially you're going to, if you just copy paste at a chat GPT and the answers you're getting, uh, you're going to basically give up your brand personality, right? Yeah. But if you take those things and then run them through the filter of your own brand, I think there's, there's tons of, of just opportunity to really expand what you're doing from a content marketing standpoint. I feel like, I don't know. I keep thinking about our clients, Sam. It's like every one of them, I'm like, Oh, we should probably start playing around a little bit with <laughs> some chat GPT stuff. I, I love it as a baseline. Yeah. That's, you yeah. know, that's, that's the best place is get your baseline, find out what all the competition's saying, and then say, how do I find a way to be unique? Do I have yep. anything extra of value to add here? Um, and that that's really where if you have something different to say, like I always, I challenge content marketers where, you know, you make like the, like we just did with our, our top 10, it's the anti-list Mm-hmm. I'm like, don't don't spit out the list that says here's the top ten things you should be doing. Spit out the list that here's the top ten things you shouldn't be doing. Like, because that's not mm. what people are doing. Yep. So it's it's flipping the coin on its head and use ChatGPT to do that. Yeah. Uh, and then use it to complement the rest of the pieces of your campaign. I mean, I don't know anybody in the world that enjoys writing ad copy. I'm sorry if you do and you're out there. I love you. Uh, but I don't know anybody who really loves sitting down and writing down, you know, an, an ABC series testing for doing that. That's where ChatGPT is great, right? Yeah. Is like filling out a whole bunch of ABT, AB testing opportunities for you. But when it comes to creating like thoughtful content yep. that truly adds value and is personable in your brand voice, that's where you really need that human element, that yeah. touch there. Yeah. So it's, I, <clears throat> I totally agree. It's like that's, that's a really fast way to get inspiration and just the foundation down. Uh, I'm not a professional writer by any means, but I've played around with chat GPT a little bit just to get like the first hundred, 300 words down. Mm-hmm. And then you go back through and it's actually kind of fun to say like, Oh, that doesn't really make sense. Or I'm going to inject some fun stuff here, some personality there. Um, it's like, Whoa, this is way easier than like <laughs> yeah. sitting down with the blank page yeah. and the cursor just staring at you. Make and it like, yours. So it, I think it's it's a huge time saver just to get that like initial thing. Here's what I'm supposed to write about. Um, you know, give me 300 words on this. And I've actually tried. Uh, I I was playing around with it for something for our, for our own uh, brand, and I was like, can you write this in the style found on ResoundCreative.com? Mm. And it actually took some of that stuff, and I'm like, oh wow, I recognize yeah. some of that verbiage. That was cool. It's it's really fun to to yeah. throw those things out in the universe, and like I I love spin, spinning it out into different things. So like 
take this content and write it in social, take this content and write it in emails, take this content and produce a video script like Mm -hmm. that. And it gives you exactly the baseline for success. And then you go back and you make it yours. Yep. And you add those personal elements to it. I mean, I think like I had one brand I worked for that used gallows humor, um, which (laughs) really old MASH fans out there, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, But gallows humor is difficult to emulate. I have not. I played around with it a little bit in AI. And it's like there's a challenge there with that where it's like it's a really bad dad joke, but it's not funny. Uh, And so there's things like that that it has challenges with. But you may go back and you make it yours and you can Mm -hmm. find a great creative person can go in and and had those details and i love it for people especially like i mean i think about my spouse is uh in it data right Mm -hmm. he he manages uh, a data science division he's not a writer in fact he would rather do advanced calculations he'd rather mess around in you know an excel spreadsheet of doom than sit down and write an email (laughs) <laughs> and um i love him i'm so sorry I'm telling the story <laughs> um but he he uses it and he loves it because he can sit down and write he can say i need to write an email about this or i need to write a help guide that does these things in plain english so people understand uh and he loves that and to be fair he's trilingual so he's you know (laughs) jack of jack of three languages master of none uh is what i tell him but he he loves it because it gives him the baseline Mm. templates now and he's like i have a baseline template i can send an email saying hey we're doing maintenance on this date simple he saves it it's good to go for him and it saved him time otherwise he'd be sitting there looking at that blinking cursor going like What do I need to say? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, or how do I say this in a way that makes sense? Yep. And I, I think that's important for people because, you know, we all have we all have our gifts and some of us are natural born, you know, content creators or writers and others are not. And that's perfectly fine. I mean, yep. there's and I think there's tools out there that if that helps them find better ways to communicate, especially language barriers. I think that's an incredible utility. Um, I've worked with a a lot of global teams before Mm. where there was language barriers. literally had a designer we created we communicated in memes uh because mm-hmm. we didn't speak each other's language yeah. and it was fun yeah it's more universal um, you and, can understand yeah. and so you can you can use these prompts to say hey this is what i'm trying to say can you help me rephrase this in english um mm. or rephrase this in you know russian or whatever it is yeah. you need to do and so i think there's a lot of opportunity for ai when it comes to global communications mm. there so it's interesting to see like all of the the coordinated uses for it. Um, I think I think the other thing that's funny <laughs> I just saw recently. In fact, it came out uh, just yesterday from us sitting down and, and talking about this today. Um, there's a new petition out, actually, yep. uh, a bunch of, of leaders, IT leaders. Um, they they want to freeze it. They want to freeze progression on, on yep. A.I., uh, and and it's interesting reading through like their whys behind it. Like I I could see some very clear points where I'm like, yeah, I can see this moving fast because like I talk a lot about like the other side. Like we've talked a lot about the good. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what about the we should talk challenges? about that. <laughs> what yes. about the things that are bad out there? And I think I think it's any anybody who's digging into this needs to know these things um, mm-hmm. and be aware of them. But. I, I was looking at this and, you know, I also look at the other side. I'm like, yeah, I'd be if I was in a business that wasn't, you know, dr- drumming down the AI channel, I'd be a little bit slow down and give yeah. me time. Right. <laughs> uh, which is, you know, it's reality. You're either on the train or getting run over. Mm. Um, but I think on those flip sides, like one of the other things that I've noticed with this is 
you know, college term papers, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's there's companies now creating the anti. Uh, how do you tell if this has been written by? How do you there's there's tools now that are actually citing sources. Yep. Yep. Uh, and there was one that came out the other day. A guy's entire thesis got thrown out because the sources actually weren't legitimate. Mm. To the content that he put in the the um, AI did put sources and they weren't relatable. Mm. And so I think there's some of those like challenges of like well, how far is too far? Uh, where should you use it? What that what's ethical and what isn't? Yeah. Um, I even think about like the spread of misinformation. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean, I will be the first to admit, I there's nothing more I love than photoshopping my friends' faces <laughs> on really funny images. Like, I am. Well, now you don't even have to photoshop it. You can <laughs> just tell an AI bot now to I do just it. Tell it. I mean, yep. and I'm, and I think I, I mean, granted, yeah, it's hilarious. But in the same sense, like, there's a lot of ways that that could be used. Well, it just then, happened last week. Yeah. Somebody posted uh, a photo on Twitter of the Pope in this like puffy high fashion jacket yep. Yep. and a bunch of people like millions of people fell for it yeah. and yeah. it was it was ai generated it was not an actual real photo and yeah that's it, yeah. it, superficial it's silly it's funny nobody's really gotten hurt over that particular post but it's like but people don't know where where is that gonna go The Remarka Brand Podcast is a project of Resound and is recorded in Tempe, Arizona with hosts Mike Jones and David Kosand. It's produced and edited by Sam Pagel. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and at RemarkableCast.com. If you'd like more episodes, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. To contact the show, find out more about the Remarka Brand podcast or to join our newsletter list to make sure you never miss another episode, check out our website at remarkablecast.com. Copyright Resound Creative Media LLC 2022.